Dr. Claudia Finkelstein is the Director of Wellness, Resilience, and Vulnerable Populations at Michigan State University's renowned College of Human Medicine. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so it's great to welcome her back to MSU today to talk about our collective mental health as we cautiously emerge, hopefully, from the pandemic. Dr. Finkelstein, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. Before we get into some mental health issues, tell me more about wellness, resilience, and vulnerable populations at the College of Human Medicine. What sort of the mission there? What do you do? I'd be happy to. So I think that um, over the past few years, it has become abundantly clear that many physicians and healthcare workers have been burning out and that this group has a great impact on the hundreds and thousands of patients and family members that they see. So that was my initial area of interest. And I worked with Dr. Norm Beauchamp, our former Dean, when we were both at the University of Washington. He recruited me here in 2018. So I'm coming up on my third anniversary here. And I've been figuring out how the university, you know, how the college works and realizing it's not only the frontline healthcare providers who are burned out. Uh, the college has been through a lot of big changes, many for the better, but people are feeling stretched and tired and exhausted. And this is before the pandemic hit. So add the layer of the pandemic. And I think everyone needs a little bit of support and resilience. And I'm a big fan of Dr. Beauchamp, so maybe this is part of your answer. But what a first, first attracted you to come to MSU? Well, number one was the possibility to start something fresh. You know, I think that a program did not exist here before. And so being able to begin something new is excellent. And then from a very personal resilience and wellness standpoint, I have a daughter here, a daughter in New York City, and my elderly parents in Montreal. So we're now a one time zone family and uh, I'm finding that Michigan is beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah. So glad you like it here. But uh, so Claudia, tell me a little bit more, reflect a bit as we hopefully cautiously emerge into whatever this new normal is gonna be, but reflect on our collective mental health right now. Well, Part is my reflection and part is, you know, Kaiser Family Foundation has done some interesting uh, survey work and looking at the rates of anxiety and depression type symptoms in 2019 compared to now, there's been a huge bump. So, so anxiety and depression symptoms and substance use all on the rise. Interestingly, the suicide rate, I think it's complicated, but it has not risen to the extent that people were concerned about. So we're all doing a little worse than baseline, and our baseline wasn't so hot to begin with. And Claudia, we spoke a year ago during Mental Health Awareness Month. You, you mentioned a couple of things I would like you to sort of repeat and talk about again. You said I would love for everybody to know how completely normal it is to feel completely abnormal right now. That's, I think that's it in a nutshell, right? Um, I mean, it happens to everybody. Sometimes you just can't 
feel like you have the enthusiasm to fe- uh, to face the day. I think um, all of us go through periods of varying emotions and it doesn't mean you're crazy if you're feeling anxious or worried or depressed. There, you know, with everything, there's a range. Feeling symptoms of anxiety does not equal having an anxiety disorder, but having an anxiety disorder doesn't make you abnormal. You are among many. So I think that uh, we've all got a little something. And one adage you said you live by that it's never all in your head and it's never all in your body. You feel that we have done a disservice in splitting our mental health and our physical health because they're intimately related to each other. Just talk about that a bit. Absolutely. I mean, the connection becomes really apparent when you move your body and see how that affects your mind. I mean, that's the most simple, concrete thing. So, um, for example, if you are feeling down and low and things are not quite right, and you put on a happy song. This is part of the whimsy and the five tips, you know, put on a happy song and just move as if no one is watching. You will immediately feel an improvement in your mood. So it's a two-way street. The same thing as when we are depressed or, or anxious, the body can feel terrible. Uh, starting to notice that you have numerous unrelated physical complaints is one of the warning signs that things may not be great, um, you know, in terms of your, your mental state. There's increasing scientific evidence of the pathways by which this occurs. So it's not just hocus pocus. I'll give you another example if you have time. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, but one of the, uh, one of the ways that we can immediately calm ourselves down sounds terrible, but if you make a bowl of ice water and plunge your face into it just for a few seconds, you activate the parasympathetic nervous system and that immediately begins to calm you down. Counterintuitive, but more evidence that it's all interconnected. Very interesting. Catching up with uh, the MSU College of Human Medicine's Dr. Claudia Finkelstein as May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And Claudia, you started to mention your five tips. And let's kind of go through the your five tips for going back into the real world to, to help our reemergence. And the first one you say is do not forget joy, whimsy, and laughter. Absolutely. You know, I, this is one that I'm guilty of all the time. I think many of us who wind up at, uh, at a university are very driven to do a great job, to get results. We hold ourselves to very high standards. And sometimes we forget the the healing power of something completely ridiculously whimsical. And I was reminded of this when when our Dean actually uh, mentioned having pool noodles at commencement, which didn't end up uh, being true. But, But, you know, something a little bit lighthearted to again, change our channel. And it's it, it doesn't have to all be so serious, even in the middle of a national tragedy, really. You know? What do you mean when you say don't be a jerk? 
Well, you know, I, I had to edit that. <laughs> and, uh, and I just mean, you know, sometimes our own emotional state bubbles over and, uh, and sprays the people around us. And what I mean is we should take care of our own business, right? And, and not, uh, not inflict things on other people. So whether it's in traffic, you know, when somebody has their blinker on, you can choose to be kind and allow them in, or you can choose to be a jerk and accelerate, right? And so I think there are numerous times in life where you could choose the path that is maybe a little less convenient for you, but kind. And so again, in the lighthearted spirit, I mean, it's easy to remember, don't be a jerk, right? Harder to execute though. True. Well, and, and speaking of business, you, you say, remember what is my business, your business and universal business and respond accordingly. So what I mean by this is sometimes we get so bent out of shape about what someone else should be doing or thinking, right? And that's a waste of your own energy. It's like spinning the wheels, right? So if you're really annoyed at how your neighbor's lawn looks, it's, it, that's their business, not your business, right? Your business is managing your anger or managing what you're going to do about it, remembering not to be a jerk, right? And so, um, and then if you're annoyed because the frost killed all your flowers, that's the universe. That's also fruitless to be annoyed at. So it's sort of like a way of dividing into what do I actually have some control over and um, putting your uh, limited energy towards where you have control instead of fuming over what the other guy should be doing, and, which is a popular way to go. <laughs> and, and you also suggest we try to find common ground. What do you mean there? So I think that's increasingly difficult these days, right? And I think this goes along with not being a jerk. Instead of deciding that someone who voted a certain way or supported a certain cause is all wrong, trying to peel back the layers, looking for what we all want, even if it's a conflict at work. You know, we want the students to be well-educated, thriving human beings. Some accuse others of coddling the students, others, approve, you know, accuse too hard line. But the fundamental belief is we want them to go out there and be great citizens who are well prepared to face the world. So peeling back to the common goal may help us to find strategies that are mutually acceptable to achieve it. And Dr. Finkelstein, the fifth of your tips of re-emerging into this new normal is uh, keep an eye on yourself and each other. Remember to heed the words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. <laughs> yeah, be excellent to each other is really, it's, it's along the lines of don't be a jerk, but with a little bit of extra. But the warning signs, you know, if, if you notice yourself or a coworker, starting to slip in their personal grooming, starting to not show up when they're supposed to show up, beginning to have very big mood swings or beginning to socially isolate, just 
think, is this person okay? And again, my business, your business, universal business, you don't butt into their lives, but are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, you know, there are all sorts of wonderful websites available now. The uh, NAMI, N-A-M-I, is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have a great website. They have a crisis line. There is the suicide hotline. Now that none of us know how to speak to each other anymore, you can text 741741 and uh, someone will be there to counsel you by text. Also, we're so lucky on campus to have the excellent CAPS service for the students and EAP for the employees. So I think look out for each other and, um, and get some help if you need it. And help may just be, I haven't slept enough in the last week and help maybe, oh my gosh, I really need to talk to somebody because I feel like I'm on the ledge right now. And um, a, a silver lining of the pandemic is that mental health is on everybody's lips these days. And so I believe some of the stigma is disappearing and I would love that to be permanent, you know? Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm talking with Dr. Claudia Finkelstein on MSU today. She directs wellness, resilience, and vulnerable populations at MSU's College of Human Medicine. And Claudia, there are some good things that have come out of the pandemic that maybe we want to keep. No one complains about not having a commute and things like that. Some bad things. Your thoughts on what maybe we keep and what maybe we jettison as we again try to reach a new normal? So I think that that's a really valid point. And, you know, as we were just saying, uh, keeping mental health in the public conversation is one of the very positive things, I think. The access to telehealth, I think, is another huge bonus because we have huge rural underserved stretches not only for uh, mental health resources, but for physical, you know, physicians, et cetera. So I think keeping that is great. I think um, also just keeping the uh, possibility of some quiet reflective time. Many of us were so on the go every minute of the day that we didn't even have a moment to connect. And so um, I think, that is important. And just the final thing, the, the, the parents of little kids and pets having more time to spend with their loved ones is something that we should absolutely keep. And how do we know, Claudia, when how we're feeling is more than normal ups and downs and, and, and we may need to seek professional help? And how do we recognize this need in, in family and friends? Well, that's a good question because I think it's it's not like an on or off switch, right? It's kind of a sliding scale, but big changes in sleep or appetite, a lot of bottles showing up in the recycling bin, um, you know, things, when, when it, it sort of triggers your spidey sense. Although, as I've said, you know, sliding makes it hard to notice sometimes. So, I think if you have a doubt, it's worth checking. And, and describe what you mean by our collective mental health being the next pandemic. 
Well, I think there's big evidence of that. I think that um, the, the anxiety and depression and substance use levels that I've described, um, you know, that were in the Kaiser Family Foundation study are just cresting. People have been affected economically, financially, tons of um, milestones that have not been adequately celebrated, weddings postponed, loved ones dying. I think grief takes some time to process. And I don't know about you, but there are few people that I know that have not been directly impacted in one way or another. So I think our collective grief is, uh, is going to take a while. And you've mentioned a couple, but are there some resources you might recommend for people to learn more about really anything we've been talking about? Well, I think the NAMI, the Suicide Foundation, uh, CAPS and EAP, very important. And I think that um, self-compassion is hugely, hugely important. And so uh, just Googling mindful self-compassion and looking, it's not a way to make yourself feel like, oh, I can get away with anything. It's more like a, they're there, I am human, they're human. A little bit of um, peace with yourself for going through a really hard time in a hard, hard way. And as we've said, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. As we sort of close here, just summarize what you'd like us to be more aware of. Well, I think uh, the the main summary is this self-reflective piece, right? And notice, oh, am I doing this too much or too little? When's the last time I went outside? When's the last time I laughed? Uh, how am I spending my limited time on earth, right? So, so I would like us to keep the self-awareness and keeping an eye out on each other and when the guy's blinker is on, let him in. <laughs> Claudio, Claudia, thanks so much for uh, joining me again and sharing your wisdom on our collective mental health. You're welcome. That's Dr. Claudia Finkelstein, Director of Wellness, Resilience, and Vulnerable Populations at Michigan State University's renowned College of Human Medicine. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today. <laughs>